Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. We are so glad that you're here. Happy summer. Happy Summer of Heroes. Um, <laughs> if you don't know what that is, or just kind of jumping on with us, we are picking one hero every week from the Book of Alma. Um, we're on our third one today, and we're going to talk about him in a little bit, but we have a hero that we're picking, a power scripture for them, a protection scripture we call it, something that encapsulates like kind of the way that they lived as a hero, and then one little challenge or invitation that you can do as a family to help you kind of like sink in or live into that same kind of um, heroic way of living. That was such a fancy way that of saying that. That was so bad. All of a sudden I was like, oh, I want to do that. So if you, th- these posters, um, they are on emilybellfreeman.com or they're in the newsletter also linked in the newsletter. You can download them for free and print it. Um, yeah, we, we did have... an eight by 10 and 11 by 17 that are just, you could just do at home if your printer does that. I took mine to Office Depot, so anywhere that can make posters, because I just wanted a big one so my kids could see it all the time and remember. And your bracelets should be shipping. If you want to find that link, it's in the newsletter, but we have these bracelets to help us remember yep. the summer of heroes. And hopefully this week. They should yeah. be coming to you this week. Depending on when you watch this. So we will get into our hero, who is Amulek. Spoiler alert, it's right up here. Um, we find We meet him a little bit later and get to his scriptures at the end of the lesson. So we'll introduce kind of all the things about him when we get there. Today, um, this is part of Alma's teaching tour, remember, where he's going through what we're calling the Nephite Reformation. And he's visiting all of these different cities and trying to stir them up into remembrance of God. Um, this is seems to be the spot that Mormon wants you to really think about in his story. Um, He spends, last time he had that time in the city of Gideon where he preached that beautiful sermon about Jesus. And then these other cities, he kind of just spends a minute on them and moves. Like Melech at the beginning of chapter 8, you're kind of like, what happened there? Like there's these, all these people who like are are coming into Christ there and you want their stories. But you have to wait until heaven to get those. (laughs) But this is kind of a tough city. Ammonihah is the name of this city. And Mormon spends a lot of time here. And today, we'll be here this week and next week. And he doesn't mean Mormon spends time here. He means uh, when Mormon's writing, he gives us a lot of information uh, from here. Really, it's Alma who's going to be in here. But Mormon is giving us a lot of detail Yeah, he really spends a lot of time on this city. For just a second, that was going to be confusing. Everyone's like, like, why did Mormon show up? Well, Alma may have been a Mormon, Um, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of early day saints. This is getting worse. (laughs) Okay, so today in this city, we're going to talk about three different things. Um, We're going to talk about for times when you want to give up. We're going to talk about for times when you have forgotten. And we want to talk about... Uh, for times when you knew but wouldn't know. And we'll get into that verse in a second. That's a line from Amulek that's really intriguing. Um, So let's go into chapter 8. I think that's where we're starting. Um, Let's move out of the way so everyone can see um, where what you would fill in on your study guide sheet if you want to pause it and take a screenshot. Um, But we'll walk you through it as as we go through. 
Um, so Alma goes to this city called Melech and has great, great success there. A miraculous city that we don't have too many details about. And then he moves on to his next city, which wait, is wait, called... Wait, wait, you love the one verse. Can we just talk about it oh, at the yeah. end of verse 1? When he goes home to his own house at Zarahemla to rest. I just love that little spot where it's like every so often he just took a little break, rejuvenated, when again, there is a good lesson right there. Yeah, President Chapter Nelson eight, doesn't one. take naps, but Alma did. And he has <laughs> and a President book. Kimball did too. Yeah, so okay. it's fine. You can either be a non-napper or a napper. Mm-hmm. Are you a napper? I can't. I totally am. Okay, see? see? That's what happens. I try. I get all cozy. And then I'm Alma. my brain you just starts going a President million Nelson. miles a minute. <laughs> okay, then he is going to go into the city. Check out verse 4. We talked about this last week if you want a little bit more on it. Where he talks about, I went into there and started to teach people according to the holy order. It's going to come up again and again, that phrase that's all throughout. Um, but he goes into this city, into Ammonihah, and he gets there. And the people are such punks. And they're going to say to him, it's like, you, I, we know you're not the boss of us. Um, you used to be the chief judge, but you're not anymore. We don't have to listen to you. Uh, get out. And he has treated just rough. And particularly, you can imagine how rough it must have felt because of how sweet Melek was. Mm-hmm. So all these miracles in Melek, then he had a nap, and then he goes into this really rage city. Melech, or a actually. nap, then Melek, miracles, and then rage yeah. on him. And it's like, it's pretty tough. And you see on the study guide sheet, there's these boxes that are um, um, flanked <laughs> by the word nevertheless. Because this is kind of the journey that he experiences in verse nine he goes into the city and finds out that satan had gotten great hold of their hearts that's such an interesting phrase Mm -hmm. um i think it's a little bit different than what amulek experienced we're going to see that in a second he almost was distracted that's a little bit different than these people he's gotten hold and claim Mm -hmm. on on their hearts and so they wouldn't listen to him but look at this verse Even though they wouldn't, it says in verse 10, nevertheless, even though nobody wanted to hear him, it still says he labored much in the spirit, wrestling with God in mighty prayer that he would pour out his spirit upon those people that they could um, repent and come unto Christ. Um, I I think that's such a, um, it's it becomes cooler in just a second because then it says, nevertheless, in verse 11, they still hardened their hearts. Oh, and, that had to have been so hard. Well, didn't want to hear him. Right. Were yeah. you almost like... I'm doing everything you said to do. I'm praying. I'm laboring. I'm giving everything I have. I'm asking for the Spirit to be part of the situation. and Nothing. And it's like, that is so frustrating, particularly if you are comparing it to another situation, um, which he might do with his own situations, right? He's comparing it to what happened in... In Malik. And sometimes we might do that as parents and friends. And we might see, like, yeah, especially oh, look in at, relationships. Yeah, look you, at that, that person happens. turning around. And why isn't, you know, mm-hmm. why isn't my spouse turning around? Or why aren't my kids, like, responding to these same type of, of things? And they didn't just not listen. They weren't nice um, to him. It tells us... Um, they, when the people had said this and withstood all his words and reviled him and spit upon him and caused that he should be cast out of their city, like they, they, it wasn't a happy situation. Right. They didn't and, like hold his hand out of the city. I like too when it tells us in verse 14 that he wasn't just like, well, oh well, I did my best, you know. Um, it tells us he was weighed down with sorrow, 
wading through much tribulation and anguish of soul. Um, just that thought of him being like the burden of, I'm, I'm doing my best in this situation. And I think we kind of all know what that feels like. Just that when you look at it and you think, I love um, when it says it there for the times when you want to give up, because that, that kind of is where he is, where he's like, I've given my best to this situation. I've wrestled in prayer. I've done everything I know how to do. And like the easiest thing to do at this point really is to give up. And I love that we're going to see a shift right here of what do you do if that's you? What if, what if you are weighed down with sorrow? What if you have that anguish? What if you wake up at three in the morning and you're replaying through that relationship or that thing that just isn't going the way you want it to go? What do you do? And I love that um, the answer. Yeah. Right here. Before the answer, I think it's interesting. I was just sitting here thinking about, well, and mostly because I had one of these the other night. Like I was, we were laying in bed, Jenny and I, and I just said, I don't want, I just decided I don't want to be a parent anymore. <laughs> you know, because we had a rough, and I, like the response was not equal to like, I felt like what I was putting in, like the way I, I felt like I was like, wait, I am trying and I am loving mm-hmm. and I am. And then this was the, the reaction and, and crazy for him that like it got worse. Like yeah. he goes in and they're like, no, thank you. I pray, I wrestle. And then it gets worse. And you're kind of like, for real? Yeah. Like what, what is yeah. this? And on those days, I think before we get into this answer, when you feel like I want to give up, I just want to say that loving somebody is never a waste. Mm, that's No so matter good. what their reaction is, it's never a waste of anything to pour out your heart in loving and helping other people, no matter what their reaction and is. And also walking away. Sometimes just being like, I have to walk away from this situation for a minute and reassess where we are. Because I love that, that he's like, I, I just got to go for a walk. And sometimes that's the smartest thing to do is, is just walk <laughs> go away. Go for a walk. <laughs> yeah. Get a change of perspective. Spend some time thinking. Um, we've... I've raised all my teenage people and you're just getting into yeah, that thing. And that is one thing that I have learned is that when they're three to five, when you engage, you engage and you teach and you train and you handle that situation and then you move on. And not always so with teenagers because sometimes you engage and you start getting ready to teach and train and then things blow the right up. Yeah. And it's just not the right time. And And also, you might not be equipped to handle that situation in the right way in that moment. And a lot of times I did have to walk away and just say, okay, help me be the mom this child needs right now. Give me the language this child needs for me right now. Help me see what they're talking about the way they see it right now. Like you almost need to take that break and be like, I need help so when I enter back in, I do it in a way that is actually constructive for this child or this situation, whatever you're in. And that walking away can be pure, powerful. Um, and so hard because yeah. you're like, I just want to handle I, w- this. I don't want it hanging over my head. Yeah. Like I want, I want it solved right now. Like yeah. I'm burdened by it yeah. and I don't yeah. want that. But well, and is... you want to be the boss of it. You want to be like, I, I'm the parent. <laughs> I know what to do. And I learned that each of my kids was significantly different 
from the others. And what I did with Caleb is not what worked for Garrett. And neither of those two is what worked for Josh. And same with Megan. Like, I had to relearn parenting and skills. And nothing worked for Grace. For every single child. Um, and the Spirit tutored me for that child to speak the language of that child and to know what would help that child. And, and they are all so different. Like how I engage with Megan is not the same way I engage in conversations with Grace. It just isn't. Um, and it, it is my testimony. Like I have such a strong witness of this. The spirit will teach you how to be the parent that child needs if you pray for that. And I think you actually see that if you take a zoom out look a little bit at these different cities that Alma goes to. Like take a look at what he said to the city mm -hmm. of Gideon and take a look at how he approaches Ammonihah and how he approaches Melech. Yeah. Like he approaches them very differently. And it's neat that he is in that place of verse 14 that you read. Almost like the anguish of soul opened his heart for the answer. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's in that place of being weighed down that the tutoring comes. And it's going to be an interesting. I'm going to give away what is about to happen. But as we're looking at this from a parenting point of view, it is interesting that part of Amulek or Alma's answer for Ammonihah is Amulek. Um, and sometimes that's true as a parent. Sometimes the answer in a situation is actually bringing someone else into the situation. So. Lots of good parenting lessons in these yeah. chapters if you want to go at it. Oh, and how frustrating because Alma's like so good at what he does. Yeah. You know, he's so good at being a teacher that when yeah. people stop listening, he's kind of like, <laughs> hold I, on. I, I, don't, I don't know how to, how to, yeah. Which actually for me has been like tough because like teaching seminary and institute for so long is like, I get teenagers. Yeah. But when I'm not getting mine, I'm like, I'm supposed to be good at this. <laughs> like, I, this is my like profession my profession <laughs> is teenagers and i and i don't do it good okay so here comes the angel and he comes in verse 15 so the advice section on your study guide sheet is right here and it starts in and verse 15 and you love 15. it it has a little because <laughs> it's, it's coming from the angel that's why <laughs> you guys these are easter eggs that are just hidden in the lessons every single week if you're listening on podcast you're fine, but you're missing out the fun. Okay, here are the things that we have. And what advice will you find from this? I don't know. But yeah, it might look different for you. Yeah. Because there's so many good nuggets right in here, but we just pulled out five that we loved. Okay, the first one, <laughs> you gotta watch that strap over there. <laughs> the first one is, um, I wrote to be blessed. I love that it starts off and the angel just says, blessed art thou. And, and like you're giving doing your, a good job. Yes, yes. Don't you love that? Where it's yeah. like, just come in and say, things are okay. Because uh, sometimes Alma might be thinking as he walks away, I must not be spiritual enough. And that's why the city's responding like this. Like, I, there must be a problem with me. And I love that the angel comes in and says, wait, can you please recognize that you're okay? You're doing okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Jenny and I have started saying this in quarantine. Um like we'll lay in bed at the end of one of those days, which is four out of the seven, you know, and it's always Sunday where it's like, we failed this day. And then I just reminded Jenny, we didn't eat the children. <laughs> like, like that is a win. That is a victory. So like that's Thank become you for like, not eating the children. That's our Don't new, the you know, children. Jenny's like, I failed today. I'm like, did you eat them? 
some spiders eat their children and <laughs> hamsters, and you didn't. Like, you are winning, you know? But in seriousness, I Everyone eat... <laughs> feels so much better about quarantine right now, just because of that. But just give yourself permission to, like, know you are a blessed person. Things are okay. God's still favoring you. He's still looking over you. You're you're doing great. He actually tells him, I'm the same angel that came I and had to kind of so much. Who knock you off your there feet. There is a little lesson right there. It's so sweet for him to just come. I love and that he's like, like I'm, I'm your same angel. Yeah. <laughs> Do I have one of those? Please, I need one. Don't you want to know who this angel is? Remember, every angel has a name and a face. And you just are intrigued. You just want to meet Alma's angel so bad. It can't be his dad because his dad wasn't around, but yeah, he kind of wanted time. it to be his dad. But he says it's the same angel. Okay, number two, he says, lift up your head and rejoice. Like, find find some reason. And the reason, he says to Alma, you have reason to rejoice. All's not lost. Your life's going great. Yeah. It's and gonna, you just you know, love that. Like, just lift up your head. Find one good thing. That's, that's what you got to do. That's a cool thought. Remember, you're doing okay. Find one good thing. Third thing is... Um, he, just continue to be faithful. He's right. been faithful. Continue to be faithful. There's just something about that pattern of obedience that opens up the door for miracles. So I love that he's just like, you just you just keep being faithful. Good things are ahead. And confidence too. I like that scripture mm-hmm. in Doctrine and Covenants 121 toward the end. The phrase of, um, then will your confidence wax strong yeah. in the presence of God. And that's interesting because Joseph Smith is in prison. And he might be thinking some of the same things. Like, God's abandoned this. He's given up. I'm failing. There must be something wrong with me. And the Lord comes in and teaches him, you can have confidence in the presence of God, even as a prisoner. Like, that's yeah. that's neat. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next thing is um, to return. He oh, tells him. And he probably was like, I don't want to go back. <laughs> Give but me something else. But it's fun that he will. So yeah. let's connect this section that's right over here where he returns over in verse 18. Um, he's in verse 18, he says he returns. That's the advice is Which go think back. how hard it is. He's like, those people who were spitting on you and reviling you and threw you out of the city, go back there. Yeah. And it's awesome because in 18, he says he goes back speedily. He's like, okay, here we go. Like that's such a character verse. Cause you're like, who is that? And then also says though, that he goes yeah, this back is important. This by another important. way. Yeah, and say what you want to say about that, because obviously you have a well, passion just because about that, that is true. When you go back to your kids in that situation, when you've mm. taken a walk, when you've taken a break, sometimes the spirit is going to say, "Okay, go back, but this time we're going to do it a different way. We're not don't go back the way you did the first time. That did not work. <laughs> that was not working for you. But let's try it a different way." And I just love the thought of that. That sometimes that taking a walk, you're going to go back and be like, "Okay." Can I come talk to you about this again? But look, I want to try this a different way. Yeah. And then the fifth one kind of goes along with that. And he says, preach again in verse 16. And then I love... Which is his talent. It's what he was good at. Like, right. go back and do what you know you're good at. Um, that's what he wants him to do. Yeah. It's funny that he says it twice in there. I'm like, why is he want to say that twice? He says, and go preach again to the people of the city. Yea, preach unto them. And he's like, wait, I, I heard you. Like, <laughs> It's so but funny that he's like, that thing, like, that's what you need to do. Have you ever do. taught the youth 
And you go in and either, this is what happens with the youth, I feel like. See if this is true. You either go in and knock it out of the park or you go in and everyone just stares at you like, like that what was are you the talking about? Time of my time. And generally out of three months, you'll have two knock it out of the park <laughs> lessons. That is just true. And then you walk out and you're like, I should never teach the youth again. Like that is not my skill set. I just, I shouldn't ever teach youth. That's what you think to yourself. And so I love that he's like, go back and teach the youth again. And then you're like, no, I can't. This is no preach again. Go back. This is your talent. This is your calling. This is what you are good at. Go back and do it again. Like sometimes you just need someone to be like, you can be the dad of a teenage boy. You can. I had this time where I like, it was so bad. The lesson was so bad. And I was like, no one cares about anything. No one's listening. And we were like, like five or 10 minutes left. And I was like, okay, we're done. <laughs> I just want to be done. Like we're done. And this one kid afterwards just like, oh, thanks for letting us out early. But um, I was really into that. He was like, there were other times when I wished that you would have done that and ended early and you didn't. And I was like, what? I, I can't know. even tell. <laughs> so this is know. good, good advice from him. So remember, all that's are those times when you want to give up and just kind of apply it to the situation that you actually want to give up in and go seek that angelic advice yep. you know that comes yep. and remember it may come in those in those valleys it, the advice will yeah. seems to come in the places where we're like oh where we're weighed down i just love that part when he first starts so and says it's okay yeah i've got this yeah we're okay yeah you know i do too okay so the next section is when you've forgotten this one's a little bit about the people of the city mm -hmm. um um, it's in the middle of your study guide page, but it's up on here because of this giant poster. Um, and we start learning a little bit over in chapter 9 about the people of Ammonihah in particular. Um, and they, we have this blank here in the study guide sheet that says, They knew not, and the, and the fill in the blank is God, from chapter 9 verse 5 where it says, Now they knew not that God could do such marvelous works, for they were a hard-hearted and a stiff-necked people. And every time I read that line, it makes me sad that Alma comes in and says, this is what God can do. And they're like, God can't do something like that. Um, and it makes me sad that they believed in such a small and powerless yeah. God. And you, know? you love that in um, chapter 9, verse 2, when he comes back in again um, and he begins to preach unto them and they begin to contend with me saying, who are you? And in verse 6, and who is God? Like, it's so interesting. And then I love when he says, what, what kind of God do you have that he doesn't send any more than one man among this people to try and do something? And remember how we have loved looking back and talking about what God can do with one man? So you just love the fact that they are so um, opposed to the real character of God and, and who God is. And how big and who he is. He, and who... Um, Alma is, you know, that, or, yeah. and Amulek, and these, this one person that is going to come in and make, be the difference makers. Um, and I sorry, we that. forgot, to, we'll introduce Amulek right here. We should have just because he becomes a character right here. But when Al Alma goes back into the city, the angel says, go back. Um, he comes across. Oh, we should do that. Let's go yeah, there. We, we need better to like, go introduce back to him. Yeah. Okay. So he's going to go a different way in verse 18. He goes in by another way, and when he goes, as he enters the city, he was hungry, and he saw someone there and said, Will you give um, a humble servant of God something to eat? And the man said, I am a Nephite. I know you are a holy prophet of God, for you are the man whom an angel said in a vision, 
you're going to receive him and you're going to feed him. And you love that when that angel tells um, Alma, you, let's try this a different way. He's already prepared the mm -hmm. way before he even that. goes into that situation. He prepared that way already. And Amulek is waiting there. Um, the man was called Amulek and he brought um, Alma into his house. And then when Alma goes in there, you love that he blesses Amulek and his house and he gives thanks unto God. Um, and that is kind of how the story starts. He stays many days. It tells us in verse 27 with Amulek. I know, and I before. think I figured out that it was a couple months. Oh, really? Because it gives a date later. I think he stayed with him for like three months. Oh, that is Isn't awesome. that interesting? Yeah. And, um, or he was in prison for three months, and I didn't want that. So I just pretended okay, that the three that months better. happened there. Then in verse 30, it tells you, And Alma went forth, and also Amulek among the people. So you love that this different way this time is going to include... Now Amulek has become like a mission companion. They're going to go back into the city together. And I love that God is like, here, Alma, let me give you courage. Let me give you someone to, to help you um, with this hard thing. And they had much power. Um, they they the couldn't be confined right? into dungeons. They just, they, it, it probably was such an amazing time watching those two move Um among the people so that's what's happening now now they've entered into this um situation and one thing that i have loved when reading this if you have kids who are on missions these next couple chapters are a really um, great couple of chapters for learning how to be a good companion whether that's in your marriage or in a mission companionship but as you watch alma and amulet go back and forth with each other and learn how to work and how to teach together and how to confront problems together there's just are a lot of really good lessons um here about missionary companionships but really any companionship yeah and situations too because i like that mormon gives you like this preview in verse 31 when he says they're going to be thrown in dun dungeons and all of these things are going to happen but god was still there mm. And I feel like if you're you're tempted to read, almost like he's like saying, when you read this story, make sure you still see God in the jail, and yeah. you still see Him in the fire, and yeah. you still see Him in the in the rejection, and every because this is not a happy, a happy ending, yeah. like it's not, <laughs> it's not at all. And yeah. I love that Mormons like they were filled yeah. with the power of God despite what the circumstances look like. And you love that when those people enter into and they're like who is god and who are you that what is going to happen right now is they are going to remind them who god is and who they are to god and i love that that they're like um even though it may not change their hearts that's how they're going to enter into that conversation and isn't that awesome we talked about this last week and every other week of our whole lives that like <laughs> this is the like such a theme of the book of mormon is reminding people um who god is because once you know who god is then you want to engage and enter into a relationship yeah. with him. In fact, we're not going to get into chapters 11 and 12, which are super mm. cool parts today. But I do want to get just show you this one verse real quick in Alma chapter 12, verse 32. It's one of my favorite um, verses in the whole Book of Mormon. Um, and it says this. I just think it's neat. He says, Therefore God gave unto them commandments, after having made known unto them the plan of redemption. And I think the order of that is really powerful. Mm -hmm. That like, why should I listen to God? Let me tell you first about how he redeemed you and how he's for you now 
you might want to, to listen to him. I think that's just like a, yeah. a good, and that's what he does. So we got this box, like what did they forget? It says they knew not God. So what did they forget? And there's this list here. If you look through eight through 11, all the way up to 13 through 14, you just start, he's reminding them of everything that they forgot about God. Um, yeah, and let's just call out a few so that they know. Yeah, um, this is chapter 9, starting in yeah, verse How did you forget eight. the traditions of our fathers? Um, how did you forget that we were brought out of Jerusalem by the hand of God? He's going to talk about how did you forget how many times he delivered you? I love that phrase, how many times. Like it yeah. wasn't just once. Yeah, it was over and over. And and he's going to tell them also, do you, do you not remember what happens? Because either you get to stay in the presence of God or you're going to be cut off from the presence of God of God and and how did you forget that that's what happens like we saw that happen we saw the fruits of that and how the Lamanites were cut off from his presence um he goes all the way through and teaches them what that looks like and then he says in verse 18 if you persist in your wickedness your days will not be prolonged in the land for the Lamanites are going to come upon you and if you repent not, then you're going to have utter destruction, right? You won't be preserved if you're not in the presence of the Lord. And let's just point this out. As you read these chapters, like some of these phrases are pretty harsh. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, whoa. But I want you to remember when you read these chapters, spoiler alert, this is a group of people who are about to burn a bunch of children alive. So they are not just like forgetting to do their home teaching or something <laughs> like that. And God's coming in with the big stick, you yeah. know. Like th- this warning from Alma is is to a people who are like, you are about to self-destruct. Like, like you are at the verge of losing everything mm-hmm. be- because of your own decisions. Like you've brought this upon yourself. You can still reverse it right now is what he's saying. And I love that he's, and he's, and he tells him this, not only can you reverse it, but you can go from being cut off from the presence of God and utter destruction to being highly favored. Like th- those are your choices. It's it's the very best and the very worst. You are capable of either of those things. And I love that even in a place where things were not looking good, what Alma's going to do is say to them, let me remind you your capacity. Mm-hmm. Let me remind you what you are capable of if you chose to walk this path instead. This is one of my favorite places in scriptures because... A lot of times we read about people who are highly favored of the Lord. And sometimes we look at that and we're like, well, why, why did she get to be highly favored? Why was he, why was the brother of Jared highly favored? And why was Mary highly favored? And then you start thinking that maybe God has favorites and, you know, you, you just start doing that. We score keep by accident in our mind. It was so interesting. I've talked about this before, I think, but I'm going to talk about it again because my brain keeps going back to it when we were driving home from the airport with Grace. And she was talking about her mission. And she just said kind of under her breath while we were driving home, um, I'm, one, I'm one of God's favorites. That's what she said. And my first inclination was, you shouldn't say stuff like that. Um, and then immediately the Spirit said back to me, why? Why wouldn't Grace be one of God's favorites? And then I love Grace, so you can't help it. When you're with Grace, you love her. So I'm like, well, of course, Grace is one of God's favorites. And But then I started thinking, and so is Megan. And I know Garrett is, and so is Caleb. And like, I, and then I was like, well, 
I think all my kids are God's favorites. And then I started thinking about, and, and then I probably am, like I have felt like God favors me at times in my life. And then what it made me realize, and I don't even know if I can communicate this well, but was that I think everybody is God's favorite. Why wouldn't they be? And why can't they be? Yeah. His capacity to love is so big that everyone could be his favorite. Which then made me think to myself, I want to live my, I want to love my kids that big. Mm. I want every one of my kids to think they are my favorite because they are yeah. my favorite. Mm. I, I want my love to be that big. And when my grandkids are like, who's her favorite grandkid? It's everyone yeah. of them. Um, that's how big God's capacity to love is. And I think that's what Alma is trying to teach right here. You have the potential to be God's favorite right now. That's what potential you have. And by favorite, it means what your relationship could look like. What does a favored relationship look like with God? Um, if you were to look up the word favor and look at the Greek translation of that, it, it also means grace. So you can be highly favored or you could be highly graced by God. These next few verses, this is what it would look like to live in grace. Yeah, and what it looks like to be highly favored. Here's the temptation. Here's what's hard, particularly with the Book of Mormon. Because the word keeps coming back as as prospered, right? Mm -hmm. And if you look at verse 13, you get, this is chapter 9, verse 13, the definition of it. Because look at the opposites here. Inasmuch as you keep my commandments, you shall prosper in the land. Okay. And now so you could prosper, misinterpret it, yeah, but you keep think reading. It means, let's just say what we think it means. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to have money. I'm going to have opportunities and things are going to go right. Yes. that's what, You can't Everybody help it. You go there. thinks that. And sometimes you see it in the Book of Mormon, right? You see that that happens to people. And so it can be tempting, particularly reading this book. And if you're American, it's also tempting because you're American, right? Like that's the way that <laughs> you, we think. You, we think in a prosperity mentality right but he gives you the definition of that verse and he says again it said in as much as you will not keep my commandments now it's going to be, be the opposite of prosper right if you keep my commandments you will prosper if you do not keep my commandments now the opposite is you will be cut off from the presence of the lord so to prosper means to live in his presence to have his presence his spirit in your life what are the byproducts of that going to be i don't know very different for people. For some, it might be, man, their business is prospering because they have the God's spirit. presence and spirit in their life. Telling but, them how to. Yeah, it's a byproduct, not you can't equate it with it. Right, right? and I love this thought. I love, um, because I think our spirits go that way naturally. When we're in a situation that is hard, um, someone gets diagnosed with cancer. Immediately, we start going to the scriptures more. Our family starts praying more. You might go to the temple more, not because you're trying to earn a cure, but because you're trying to become close enough to the spirit. And then the spirit can say, reach out to this doctor. Or as you're praying over what medical decisions to make, because you have the spirit, you're going to be prospered in those decisions of what is going to happen there. And I think the same is true with a job. 
the spirit is going to guide you. What, what if you do this or a move or even with a child living in the presence of God allows the spirit to guide your path into a place that would be more prosperous for you than just trying to do it on your own. Right. Again, a byproduct though, because if you looked at Alma and Amulek's mission to Ammonihah under like the the traditional definition of prosperity, you would say everything went wrong. God must not be prospering you. You two must not be highly favored because you went to jail. Yeah. And and you watched everyone burned in so front of good. you and no one, you know, and it's like, wait, 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 wait. Watch for God's presence. Don't focus so much on don't equate byproducts with you know, yeah. And you one. love so, when it kind of lays out for you here. This is actually what it looks like to be prospered or to be highly favored. Or um, it helps my mind so much if I can think of it as highly graced. That you're living in that the grace of God. That he's elevating your, um, just everything that's happening in your life. It talks about um, you were... Had all things made known unto you according to your desires and your faith and your prayers of things that have happened and that which is going to happen. You've been visited by the Spirit of God. You've conversed with angels. You've been spoken to by the voice of the Lord. You've had the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of revelation. You have many gifts. You're able to speak in all different tongues so that when you're talking to your kids or your neighbors are in relationships, it, that communication is open and easier to um have um, you have a gift of preaching you have the gift of the holy ghost you have the gift of translation you've been delivered you've been saved from famine and sickness and disease you've whacked strong in battle you've been brought out of bondage time and time again you've been kept you've been preserved um, you have been prospered in all manner of things is what he tells them like expand in your mind, what prosper can mean. And that is what it looks like to be highly favored or highly graced. And we left you a little spot just to write down what does what does it look like um, for this to be happening in your life? And where are you seeing it? And don't put dollar signs behind it. But just put what does it look like to live with God in your life and guiding you? And, and where have you maybe seen some of those things happening yeah, and maybe particularly in the rougher situations yeah. to be able to see God's favor in an undesirable circumstance is 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 to understand what that actually is right to be able to like mm -hmm. things aren't going the way I want but I can still recognize God's presence here yep well and I think that's the answer for this one when you um when you have forgotten, have forgotten part of it is really looking back and saying okay where where is the Lord in this and it's that remembering it's what we talked about earlier it's it's going back to that remembering and we're going to see that as we get into this next lesson because we're going to go to chapter 10. yeah and let's just say one other thing about that one that comparison to other people recognizing god's favor in other people's lives is great comparing to somebody else's life is super dangerous yeah. i think like that's yeah yeah you just want to watch what god's doing in your in your yeah, space. and let's everybody just feel like they're his favorite. Remember that um, my friend, who's the patriarch, who gave that patriarchal blessing to um, that woman that he never met before, and she'd come back to church, um, had had just had a rough past, mm -hmm. had grew up in the church, then left and hadn't been in years and years and years, and came back in, and 
and just looked rough and had results of rough and <laughs> a couple kids and no husband around and just that kind of life. And the bishop was so good and just said to her, have you had a patriarchal blessing? And she was like, um, no, I never got one before I left. And he's like, well, let's, let's get you one. So they, you know, did everything that you do. And, and she goes and sits in the chair at my friend's house who's the patriarch. And he said, the second I laid my hands on her head, um, she had brought her I kids with her because there so were no much. other, you know, second he put his hands on his head. He said, I saw her, um, before she was born and the only, and I could feel what her heavenly parents felt about her. And the only word I could use to describe it was delighted, oh. how delighted they were in her. And then he said, these words fell out of my mouth where he just says, um, you are one of God's favorites and he's never been mad at you. Oh, and that is so It is so cute. sweet. And I went home that day after he told me that story, and I wrote that line in my own patriarchal blessing. I just added it. <laughs> I was like, that is what I want to believe about me, too. And I am going to put it in there. And the so Book of Mormon awesome. gives you permission, too. Yes. So, oh, it's so okay. good. Chapter 10 is Amulet kind of takes over. Alma's been preaching, and then it's like tag team. Um, and Amulet takes over, and he kind of tells a little bit of his story here. And because we get a couple more sneak peeks into his heart, this is where we've um, we've picked Amulek as the hero for yeah. this week. And you're going to love him. Oh, he is going to be one of your favorites. You love, um, too, that, because Amulek comes from Ammonihah. That he's, like, he is there. So you love that he is this witness that is just, like, one of them. And for some reason, when he preaches, people, like, it says they're astonished yeah. twice during his preaching you're kind of like man something about him and who he knew and what his yeah. past was has made people like shocked that yeah. this is coming from him um and you love that he just starts out and says i am amulek he gives his lineage so that they know who he is um and then he says in verse four he's going to tell us who he is i am a man of no small reputation among all those who know me Yea, and behold, I have many kindreds and friends, and I have also acquired much riches by the hands of my industry. So I want you to just think about this for a minute. This is what he's telling you. I am a man of no small reputation. I have a ton of friends. I do really well in my business, um, right? It's everything you want prosperity to be. Mm -hmm. If you were going to say uh, he's popular with people, his business is super successful, like in in a way, you would be like, well, you have prosperity. Why do you need God? And he's going to talk to us about what was missing. He says, nevertheless, after all this, I never have known much of the ways of the Lord and his mysteries and his marvelous power. Ooh, and, and, then, and you almost want to say for a second, man, already starting to list what's missing. Yeah. Is I was missing yes. God's marvelousness. Yes. <laughs> I was missing... His, his presence, mysteries, his, his mysteries yeah. in my life. And then you love when he says this. It's almost like he takes a pause right here and he says, I said, I never had known much of these things, but behold, I mistake. For I have seen much of his mysteries and his marvelous power. Yea, even in the preservation of the lives of the of us. Like of, of all, I, I actually have seen it. And then he says this in verse 6, which becomes so important. Nevertheless... I did harden my heart, for I was called many times, and I would not hear. Therefore, I knew, yet I would not know. And how many times has that been you? 
where mm. actually if you would have just taken a second to just stop and look at your life, you would realize, I actually do see God in this. I, I know. It's just that I didn't want to know. Um, and, and realizing that in Amulek, that's one of the reasons why I love him as a hero, because it was a man who didn't know who God's going to work with, and he is going to know, and then he's going to become a powerful instrument in God's hand. It's almost um, like all of our heroes have been people who had a sketchy past yes, so far. Yeah. And that's what's so neat about our list so far, is that yeah. you just kind of like, look who he can use. But on the study guide, we kind of wrote this line right here. It's like, why would he say, I knew, but I did not know? And he was just suffocated by other things that aren't bad things, but they could cause you to mm-hmm. get in that place of, I knew, but I didn't really want to know. Yeah, and, and it's and so interesting because he tells us it wasn't until Alma, Alma came and moved into my house. Then he tells us in verse 11 that I realized he has blessed my house. He has blessed me and my women and my children and my father and my kinsfolk. Even all my kindred has he blessed and the blessing of the Lord has rested upon us according to the words which he spake. So it was like inviting that holy man into his house opened his eyes to realize we actually, I'm watching you bless all of my people. And now I'm realizing we actually have been so blessed and we just never recognized it. And isn't that so interesting that Alma had to come to him for bread. Like he had no money yes. for food. He probably looked like a dirty rat yes. for being just out. all the, and, and had been rejected. And it's interesting that Amulek learned prosperity from a man who was hungry and homeless yes like this is what it actually looks like and we have to point out this because it is actually one of my favorite spots verse six when he says after you know he says i would not know he says therefore i went on rebelling against god and the wickedness of my heart until the fourth day of the seventh month which is the fourth of july baby this is independence day for Amy. like every time i read that i get so happy because i'm like and you love that here's his independence he's like this is this was the day this is the day yeah. God woke me up. Yeah. So You love fun. that so much. Um, one of the things that we learned from him, so he tells his story here, and then he's going to retell his story in Alma 34. We're going to um, circle back around to it. But in 34, he adds one more thing to this story that is so important. And so we've added 34 here because it's just a retelling of this same story. But there's one line in here that is... Our favorite. Do we want to say like this change part and then no, come let's back do it and do end. this? Okay, do this first. Yeah, and, and then, then we'll and then we'll go through those and then we'll give our. Okay, challenge. so here's our scriptures. One is that idea where he was just like, I knew, but I would not know until that day that God woke me up. Yeah, Independence and then, Day. And, and then, then he tells one. us from that day, and then we go to 34, 38, and it says this: um, Live in thanksgiving daily. For the many mercies and blessings which he doth bestow upon you. So what happened for Amulek is he he was at that point where he knew what he did not know. And then what changed in his heart, what made him battle ready, is he learned to live in Thanksgiving daily. Um, and Thanksgiving is, is just remembrance, isn't it? Yeah. Like it, remembrance and, and, and rejoicing. Yeah. yeah. And recognizing what you what you should have known all along. And sometimes we have to learn how to do that because sometimes you want to say Thanksgiving and it's November 24th or whatever, right? It's that fourth Thursday and that's the day and that's when I live in Thanksgiving. And what Amulek is teaching is, no, you actually need to learn how to do this 
every single day. Which is interesting because a lot of times when I teach seminary, I will have my kids every day write in their journal, where have you seen the hand of the Lord since the last time we were together? Which is usually every 48 hours we're together. And at the beginning when I start doing that, my kids are always like, I can't think of anything. I don't know. Can I go back to what happened in the summer? Can I go back to something last year? And But by the end of the year, by the time we get to March, April, and May, when I'm like, okay, everybody open up your journals. You're going to write your tender mercy, an answer from the Lord, somewhere where you've seen the hand of the Lord working in your life. Um, since the last time you were here, 30 kids sit down and start writing. That It becomes a pattern of life for us when we learn how to do that. Um, how to live in Thanksgiving. So let's and if talk you're about... New, and if you're new to the journal, by the way, that's yes, one of that's the things smart. that we hoped that we would do um, throughout this throughout this year with the Book of Mormon is, you know, both remembering the great things that God is doing in the story of the Book of Mormon, but also each mm-hmm. week to catalog the great things that he's doing, you know, for and me. And something so, that might be really neat, um, this would be a great place if you are writing in these journals or if you, if that's something that you do is just, write down Keep your tender somewhere mercies. on your phone or whatever. Yeah, it would be really neat to read back over since January and just see what great things have happened in your family since January. What are the great things you have written down um, that you can see in your life? My kids in seminary love doing that. We'll go mm-hmm. back through and I'll say to them, put your finger in three of your favorite times where you've seen the hand of the Lord working in your life this year. And it's so neat um, to hear them talk about that, but I and if you haven't, if you've like, particularly right now, as it seems like we're kind of coming out of this, mm-hmm. you know, pandemic thing, maybe blessed, we don't know. But before you forget, yes, look back and be like, That's there are so, so many things that we could have said like went wrong, but let's look back and say, oh, here, let what me re- let me say you what we learned, Where, yeah, what, what did we gained, we see? where did we see God's presence? That's in, so in good. This That's place. such good advice. Um, one of the reasons why I think that is so important is I can remember one conversation I had a couple years ago with one of my seminary kids. She had her finger in these three places. And I said to her, pick your best of those three. Pick me your best. And so she picked her best. And I was like, okay, I want you to read it. And you can just read it to yourself. You don't have to share. And she read it. And I said to her, what if I told you five years from now that didn't happen? Um, and she said to me, I would tell you you were wrong. And I said to her, well, what? Oh, you had her hand, she had her she hand had in her, her hand journal. in her own journal. Oh, I yeah, thought she was sorry. picking three scriptures. In her own journal. Okay, got you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, what if I told you that didn't happen? She said, I would tell you you were wrong. And I said to her, well, what if I told you that was just a coincidence? Um, that, that it, like, it's amazing that happened, but it was just a coincidence. And she said to me, I would tell you you were wrong. And I said to her, what if I told you that was not God working in your life? And she, the third time, was just so adamant about it. I would tell you, you were wrong. And I thought to myself, this is, those are the things that are going to tie us to the Lord with something that is inseparable, that we, that people can't look back and say, no, on this day, just like he said, on July 4th, I know God was in my life. I know. Yeah. And what if you had a journal like that so that when things do get hard, when you have forgotten, when you know what you you didn't know, you can go back and be like, well, actually on this day, I knew. And it's fun that Amy like even says that line, right? But I'm a mistake. Yes. You know? Yeah. But I was wrong. But I was he wrong. He really was there. Yeah. So uh, let's recap so let's this real about, yeah. quick. Amy like is our hero. 
The scriptures are that 10.6, Alma 10.6, where we learn about his independence day, the day God woke him up. And then Alma 34.38, about living in daily thanksgiving. And that is our battle-ready challenge, invitation. This week, to live in in daily thanksgiving. Something every single day that we can... Remember, yep. um, one thing we thought of that God might that be awesome. Day yeah, that God day. on that day. Um, many, many years ago, when Josh was three and he was born, this would have been in 1999. I bought this. Does it look like 1999? It, it does. is. Okay. And um, it was a time when things were really hard in our family. And I saw this and I bought it because I was like, I don't know if we even have any blessings. Have you ever had a time like that? Mm. Um that really is the place where I lived, where I was like, I, I think God has forgotten us. I don't even know. Like, I couldn't even see a blessing anywhere. That is how hard things were. And so I bought this because I was like, surely he must be blessing us somewhere. And I just started writing on little pieces of paper and keeping them in the um, in this thing. I would add them. Anytime I could see one, I would add and put it in this thing. And we thought maybe that would be something you want to do this week is just find a bowl or something. It doesn't have to be a green jar from 1999. Um, and write anyone who thinks of a blessing, just put them in. No one even has to tell what they are, but how fun would it be at the end of the week to just go through and be like, okay, yeah. so let's you look can at add everything. Anytime you want in the day, but at night when you do your prayers, you might, if someone hasn't added one in, you might want to say to get everybody in the practice of yeah. daily Thanksgiving. I bet you'll even see by the end that everybody's even better at it by, yeah, by day seven. It's so fun. So uh, it'd be fun to talk about the three things we learn. And um, let's also say that, that everyone should have pie because it's, <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And if you don't want to make one, just get, go get those hostess apple pies. They're so good. Okay, you can have pie, everyone. Um, okay. Okay, we love what happened, what made the change for him when you knew, but you would not know. There are three things that we noticed that made the change for him. And the first one is um, to accept the invitation to um, for God to bless your life. That's like in to, verse 7, chapter to, 10, yeah, verse to 7. To accept that invitation to just see God sending his blessings. The second one is in um, for what we learn in verse 6, to live in thankfulness, like just to live in thanksgiving daily. Did I say the right verse? Uh, verse 11 is oh, what verse you meant. Oh, verse 11. And the third one I love. Verse 9. Um, it's in verse 9. And he's um, he talks about, Amulek talks about when he met Alma. And he said, for he is a holy man. And I know he is a holy man because the angel told me he would be. And we love number three to be find a holy mentor. Find somebody who's going to help you progress. So those are the three things Amulek did. He invited the Lord in. He decided to live in Thanksgiving daily, and then he found a holy mentor, and he learned from him. Yeah, to kind of help remind him of those things. That's one of the things yeah. holy mentors do the best, is help you recognize where God is and um, yeah. remind you of that. So, so hey. Good. good week. See you next week. Adios, muchachos. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.